Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., Welcome to The Wedding Dish. We are coming at you live over full service radio from my bedroom, Steph's family room. And we haven't found out where our guest is yet, but she's here virtually with us. We wish we were at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C. and can't wait to be back there next season. The Wedding Dish is the essential wedding podcast where you'll hear tips and tricks about planning, gain inspiration, and hear real life experiences. And learn a little bit about building a business in the D.C. area. That's Sarah Alipin, co-host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of District Bliss and Photos from the Hardy. And that's Steph Norton, entrepreneur and producer of The Wedding Dish. Per usual, we have our little stinky French bulldog sidekick clue in his uh, podcasting position on the other side of the bed from me staring out the window. <laughs> on the wedding dish, we chat with real married or engaged couples, wedding pros in the DC area, and sometimes we read listener stories or answer questions on our mini episodes. Today, we are chatting with the CEO and founder of Blue Ribbon Floral, which is a mobile flower truck in the DC area that is so cute. And we have Allie Chrysler with us today. Thanks for okay. being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And yes, very disappointed we're not at the line because it's one of the most beautiful hotels in DC. Yes, I know. And it's also, you know, we we would be having rosé right now and it would be mm-hmm. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I noticed, Allie, when I first, I think I first read about you in the DCS like about a month ago. Yeah. And I remember hearing that the route of your truck or like one of the stops for your truck was like near the line hotel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get this girl to come on our show. <laughs> yes. Adams Morgan has treated me very well. People are very excited about the flower truck in Adams Morgan. So I love, you know, being there and having the truck pop up there because the you know, residents of Adams Morgan are wonderful. Oh, great. I love it. So um, before we get in a little bit to talk about how you started your business, which is a really interesting story, um, you know, how how is it going during this really strange time that we're in? Is the COVID affected your business? Like how how is everything going? So all of the weddings I had planned this summer have all rescheduled, which is to be expected. Some have rescheduled to the fall. Some are hoping that they can have a wedding and later in the summer, you know, we'll see. And I have, I've had to cancel all of my outdoor events that I was so excited about because I launched in January and people were so excited about it. And I had a lot of wonderful collaborations that, you know, they're not being canceled. I think a lot of them are just being postponed. So hopefully, you know, when COVID-19, we see some kind of light at the end of the tunnel that we'll be able to pop up at these really, really fun locations and people will be able to see the truck and engage with the truck. Um, I have to say the first couple weeks 
before the stay-at-home order, but people, the stay-at-home order in of DC, but the stay-at-home order is kind of, you know, going around the US. I got a little, I can't say panicky, but I felt a little paralyzed by it. I think I was overwhelmed by what was going on. I have a two-year-old, so he is not going to school. He's at home with us. And because I have flexibility and my husband doesn't, Miles is with me all day. So I was just thinking, how am I going to do both? But I decided to do contactless deliveries that I just launched last week, and the support has been insane. So I actually have to start cutting off because I can only do so many um, because I can really only do the deliveries during nap time in the evenings um, because Miles does not like to be in the car <laughs> doing deliveries with me. Um, <laughs> and also it's not safe really for him either. I don't mind because I can have a mask and you know gloves and things like that. So, But the support has been really great with the contactless deliveries. Oh, okay. So you kind of just like pivoted and people wanted the flowers anyway. Right, because a lot of people they get their flowers from Trader Joe's, from Whole Foods, but a lot of people aren't going to the supermarket. They are having their groceries delivered. So they're not getting those weekly flowers that they pick up. So that's where I can kind of help and offer that contactless delivery because you know that I don't have a delivery fee and the bouquet can be as little as $30. And even some that's of the flowers, awesome. yeah, and some of the flowers are actually from local farms in DC too, or sorry, Maryland. So that's fun to have that too. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I love that. And we really need things that are beautiful and happy and in our houses right now because we're in our houses constantly. So it's, that's such a cool thing. I love that you're doing that. And I feel like even just like seeing the truck drive down the street would make everyone happy. (laughs) So cute. I am. I usually don't take the truck for deliveries just because it's a low speed vehicle. And, you know, the speedometer is in kilometers. So I have to constantly think about, okay, what's the speed limit? I really just need to put labels in there so I can tell I'm not speeding. But tonight, there is a birthday for a young, for an almost, or a a teen. So I am going to take the truck out and kind of wave from the sidewalk. Oh, That's nice. So I love it. Um, so tell, every, I guess we should tell everybody about your truck because <laughs> we keep talking about it. So you have this like really cute and maybe you can tell us the details of it, but it's kind of the centerpiece of your business because you have, instead of a food truck, you have a flower truck and it's a really cute pastel blue truck. So can you tell everybody about it and like how you found it and how you decided to make it a part of your business? Sure. So I have a Japanese imported truck. It's a Honda Activity and it was imported um, from an importer in Miami. And my brother and I were looking for trucks for my mobile flower truck. And a lot of mobile flower trucks are really common in the South. And you'll see that a lot of them have vintage um, Volkswagens, vintage Jeeps, And they're really big. And for me in DC, if I was going to vend street side, I would have to just find a parking spot. So having to park a massive vehicle like a food truck or, you know, a big vintage truck was going to be a really big challenge for me. I also don't want to drive stick shift either. So I 
we we decided that we would look for a little truck. And it was really my brother's idea. He found a little truck, um, little truck, flower trucks around the U.S. as well. So we just decided to look for it. I found one in Miami. I bought it sight unseen, got it delivered to me up in D.C. And wow. Yeah. Match made in heaven. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And so, so did you get the truck first, you know, and then, or was it like, were you thinking like, I'm going to start this eventually? Or did you, did you like get the truck and then start right away? I got the truck very early on in the process and I knew very quickly I wanted to have it be a light blue because I wanted it to be blue ribbon floral um, because I was, you know, the putting the names together of my grandmother's flower business and my mom's flower business. So that was, um, so the truck was really the first part and then everything else, you know, you have to, it's, you know, labor intensive, you have to get the permits, you have to get all the approvals, you have to, you know, there's a lot of red tape you have to go through to have a vending business in DC. Everyone was really wonderful um, to work with throughout the process. But yes, the truck was the first part. And then, and then, so tell us, I was really captivated by the story in the DC as about how you actually decided to start your business because you weren't, your family had been for two generations in the flower business, right? But you were doing something totally different, right? Right. So I actually have a PhD and I've been doing research for the last 10 years, focused on LGBTQ youth, youth experiencing homelessness, children who have experienced hospitalization. So that's been my life for the last 10 years. And wow. I've, yeah, and I really enjoyed that work. I also teach adjunct at American because I really enjoy teaching and I like that part, but I wanted to do something that allowed me to be a little bit more creative and research doesn't always allow you to be that creative. Um, and I decided, you know, I want to focus on, and I've always wanted to do something creative, to be honest. And when I had my miscarriage in July, it really threw me for a loop. It was something I didn't expect, like many women, um, because my first pregnancy was, you know, it was easy to get pregnant. It was easy to have miles and, you know, postpartum was a different story, but it really wasn't a challenge. So having the miscarriage really threw me for a loop. And I decided that I really wanted to do something different um, because it those experiences make you not to be cliche, but to really, you know, rethink what you're doing and where you want to go to. So I decided I'm just going to do this. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to start this business. That's amazing. Were you, were you like really scared about it or was it because there was something that was in your family? You were like, well, it's kind of more familiar. You know, I, It's so funny you ask that question because I never questioned myself when I was doing research. I never doubted myself. I never had imposter syndrome, which a lot of academics feel. I never felt that way. But flowers intimidates me. And I think a lot of it is just because it's not something I am a quote unquote, you know, I haven't spent the last 10 years studying this per se. I've grown up with it. 
And I actually know a lot more than I thought. The other day I was talking to my husband about just like the care of flowers and processing them when you get them from a wholesaler. And he goes, how do you know all of this? I said, oh, I guess I just have learned it through the years working with my mom. He's like, see, you know a lot more than you thought. So I think the difference is that my research is more formal training and my flower experience and training is all hands-on. And it's just two different types of experiences. Right. That's and so fascinating. Only, and, only, and only in DC would you have, would your florist have a PhD? <laughs> right. 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 And you know, I I, I'm one of those people who I, I don't want to gr- regret anything. And I would rather fail trying than to not try at all. And that's something probably my dad taught me. And my dad passed away before my son was born. And my dad has really left a, obviously a large impact on me. And I just felt like this would be something if I asked him I wanted to do, he would say, just do it. Like, so what? If it doesn't work out, then you'll fall back on your PhD. Like, just do it. So I wanted to try it. And people have been really excited about it and supportive. And I've enjoyed it so far. So I think it was the right choice. I love that so much. That's such a, like, you'd rather fail trying than not try at all. That's that's such an uncommon thing to hear. Yeah. And it's a great attitude. I mean, I feel exactly the same way. And I think, too, with small businesses – I come from a line of small business owners, you know, my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my older brother, he owns his own business. So I do come from that line of people who like to take risks and know that if something doesn't work the way you thought, you can pivot and do something a little bit different. And when I started thinking about this business and wanting to do it, you know, I think the first sign of starting a business is it's not just you planning, you start telling people about it. <laughs> so when I started telling people about it, my my husband even said like, you're serious about this because all your other businesses you've thought of, you've never told people about. So when I was telling my aunt about it, she said, look, if it doesn't work out, it might morph into something else. Or maybe when you're doing it, you'll notice a niche in floristry that you like to do that you'll want to do more of. Like That's part of the experience of owning a business. So you just have to be okay with uncertainty and kind of sit with it a little bit. Um, And I think that's where small business owners are just so brave and courageous is that you sit in a lot of uncertainty and people don't like uncertainty. We will do whatever we can to be certain about something. And I think that's what I've learned a lot about myself is that I've learned to kind of sit with uncertainty and then pivot um, to hopefully find a solution which is literally what everyone is being forced to do right now. Right. Right. It's the first time in the history of the world that everyone in the world is sitting with uncertainty. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a that's a crazy thing, but that's brilliant. I love it. I was going to ask you too, but it's it's sort of like you haven't really gotten going enough to probably answer this question, but I was going to ask you like, how is your business different from having a regular florist? Because having the truck at events and stuff, 
Um, like, how is that different? Like, is it a different type of customer that comes and wants someone like a florist at an event or like, how is it, how do you think you're different from a regular, like just going to a regular florist for flowers? No, it's a great question. And I use my mom a lot for guidance and support and, you know, she's my mentor. She actually recently sold her flower business and, um, is kind of in a semi-retirement um, stage of her life right now. And what I realized is that with a brick and mortar, you're going to attract a client who maybe is more familiar with floral prices because it is an art and it is design and flowers can be expensive. Um, but I think with the flower truck, you allow to bring the flowers to the people And you allow them to engage more with the flowers because they can pick the flowers out and they can, you know, have a conversation with you. Um, So I do think that there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, Not to say that a brick and mortar, you can't kind of pick and choose your own flowers, but generally that's not usually the style. The style is, you know, you order an arrangement, it gets delivered to you or you pick it up. So I think it allows floral design to be more accessible. And also it does allow for a different pricing model too with a mobile flower truck. You know, it should be no surprise that I'm not going to be priced similar to a brick and mortar because I don't have the overhead that a brick and mortar does Mm -hmm. um, with the day-to-day kind of vending from the truck. Events is different because a lot of that is just labor and wedding design is, can be labor intensive. So I have noticed that that is the big difference The other big difference for me that I've noticed is I do tend to attract more brides who are maybe more on a budget. Um, And I think some of that is the truck makes floral design really accessible and fun and exciting. Um, And also because my, I generally don't have a minimum spend on floral design for weddings and events. Um, Many florists do for obvious reasons because it's really time intensive. So I definitely have noticed that that ha- is a difference um, with my model of business versus a traditional brick and mortar. Do a lot of the brides want the truck to come to the wedding? You know, I haven't. I've had a couple, one bride ask about just having the truck because that is yeah. an option. If you just want the truck, maybe you want to have your happy hour there, your desserts displayed yeah. on the truck. Um So I haven't had a lot of brides ask about that. Um, Yeah, I haven't actually had a lot of brides talk about that. But I hope that that is something that happens more in the future. I probably have more um, corporate people interested in it. So residential Mm -hmm. communities, um, commercial leasers, um, real estate agents. Those are more of the ones interested in renting the truck and having the flowers on the truck. Interesting. I would totally love if I went to a wedding and I got to like pick up a flower or something to put into a centerpiece. I think that'd be such a fun interactive thing for your guests. And a lot of other flower trucks, what they've done is they'll bring a variety of flowers and then actually the bridal party, um, the ladies got to actually create their bouquet, which is a really, really fun idea. Um, Yeah, and a a good photo op too. So that is something I've seen other flower trucks do. I love that. 
I love things where I get to get um, where I get to participate in the event or wedding and do something fun and creative at, mm-hmm. at it. <laughs> right. I guess that's yeah. not surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's just so like it's the cutest truck. You guys will have to see it. Um, so you can go to blueribbonfloral.com or um, her at is Blue Ribbon Floral and just take a peek at the truck because it's it's just so adorable. <laughs> I would I, I would want it for like my bar, like a bar, you know, like I just love it. Um, but see what you guys think. Um, and I think we're going to take a quick break and then Sarah will come back and we will talk a little bit with Allie about her wedding. Woohoo. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to The Wedding Dish. We are super excited today to share um, wedding business building tips and tricks and insight into wedding planning and all the good stuff with today's guest, Blue Ribbon Floral, which is an adorable, adorable flower truck um, and floral design and whatnot. Um, And we have Allie, the CEO, with us here today. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, Super fun. We just had Steph went through um, all the cool details of how she got the truck and how the idea was born and... um, and we, again, have one of the most educated guests uh, <laughs> on our podcast. I love when people have like super advanced degrees and just decide to make a change and jump into the entrepreneurial life. Um, it's just so fun and so DC. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we are not at the Line Hotel today because we are um, staying safe and sane. Um, <laughs> but we are still coming at you live over Full Service Radio, and we absolutely love them. We couldn't be happier to be part of the Full Service Radio family. Um, and Clouseau, our little French bulldog friend, just woke up from his aggressive napping. Um, so things are are different, but kind of the same. Um, <laughs> he can't wait to go back to see to the line to see all of his adoring fans and to see his aunt Steph, who he misses terribly. Actually, at the before we started recording and before you hopped on, Allie, um, is I, I told him by accident that Steph was here, and um, I meant like you he could hear her voice, but. He then ran down to the front door. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and Did I had to it? go get him. <laughs> he misses everybody. Um, so do we all, though. <laughs> and he's getting extra spoiled. So let's get into it, though. Let's dish. Um, Allie, tell us about your wedding day. Oh, my wedding day. Oof, that was a long time ago. Um, so I, the funny thing about my wedding is that we were planning the wedding the first year during the first year of my PhD program. So my husband actually probably did more planning than I did. (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah. We did have a wedding planner. Um, They were amazing because we were living in Michigan. The wedding was going to be in Wisconsin and we're originally from DC. So it was just going to be easier if we had a planner there. But my husband would step up a lot and take calls without me or take the lead on different things. The other funny thing, and this probably says a lot about me, is I bought my wedding dress between a break, on a break between two classes. Um, So that's what I did. And I just bought it, you know, the same day I tried it on. So it took me an hour to find it. Um, So that, yeah, that, that was me as a bride. Um, my wedding day. So we got married in Wisconsin. We actually got married in arena, which is outside Madison. It's close to my hometown and it was a barn. Makes sense, right? Wisconsin barn. Got to get married in a barn. Um, I also grew up on a dairy farm. So that was kind of a nod to kind of me. And it was amazing. We got married under this gorgeous tree Um, We had the most beautiful chuppah that was made out of the veil of my mother-in-law's dress. Wow. Um, Yeah, it was part of her. I think it was her veil. It was her wedding dress. They had actually just taken it apart and made the chuppah. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, And it was just such such a fun experience. And I really can't say like anything went awry. There was a little kind of technical glitch with them not being, no one could really hear our rabbi um, just because he actually has, um, he's a trained, um, I think he's a trained opera singer, but he actually had some, yeah, permanent vocal damage. So you can only hear him when he's mic'd and we weren't able to get the mic to work. So that was the only little glitch, but it was an amazing, it was so much fun. I loved it. Can you tell us, um, because I know, but our listeners might all know, or not all know what a chuppah is. So the chuppah is, um, it's, there's four posts and it's kind of this, like this canopy that, you know, the couple stands under for the ceremony. And a lot of people, um, some floral designers will actually make it out of greens and flowers and make it incredibly elaborate. But what's interesting about me is I'm actually pretty simplistic (laughs) and I wanted it to just kind of speak the outdoor environment to really speak to itself because we're being married under this gigantic, gorgeous tree um, that the chuppah was just perfect because it was just this beautiful, white, kind of airy um, kind of addition to the space. That's really cool. And it's a it's a Jewish custom, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Your pronunciation is spot on, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> did you also do the hora? We did. And that might have been the first and maybe only hora that was being done in the barn in Wisconsin. <laughs> so that's what we like to kid about that. Um, it was the first time, you know, a lot of my family members had seen the hora. So, um, they were all like, what is going on? You know, Jonathan and I are on chairs and my mom is being put on a chair and hoisted. So, um, but it was really, really fun. It was, it was a beautiful day. I think everyone should experience the horror at least <laughs> once because I think it looks like the most fun thing ever. Photographing them is so much fun. Um, I like, it's one of my favorite traditions and I think everyone should have that experience once in their life to be like hoisted into the air yeah. on a chair 
um, not a shivari chair, um, <laughs> preferably with arms. <laughs> right, right. It's just so much fun. And then having everyone that loves you dance around you in concentric circles. It's just mm-hmm. such a cool tradition. I love it so much. It is. Um, I just posted, I was just going back through old, not old, but like last year's weddings or maybe the year before. I think it was last year. Um, and we had like three different really awesome horas where one of them was at Carnegie um, Institute of Science. Mm-hmm. So you can go up above into and capture it from above, but then also from eye level. It's just like a really cool series of photos. So yeah, um, I love that you did that. Obviously, it makes me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and what was so wonderful about because I was raised Catholic, but um, I don't practice Catholicism. We actually, you know, I'm raising a Jewish family. We have a Jewish home, and it was just really important to me to make sure that my family felt included. So the rabbi was just so wonderful about ways to include my family into it to allow them to feel part of you know the experience because everything was new for them. And I, of course, did a lot of preparation with my family, giving them heads up about, you know, signing the ketubah and the the blessings during the ceremony and things like that. Um, but it was just, it was really, really beautiful. And it was, it was one of the one time that one of the last times that my entire family, we were all together with my dad before he died. So it was just, it was such a beautiful day and um, everyone who was a part of it helped with the planning and the execution of the wedding were just so wonderful and inclusive of everybody. That's awesome. Um, did you, how did you choose your ketubah? Did you have it like created by an artist or? Yeah. So we went on Etsy and we got it done from someone in Israel. Um, and it was, it's of a tree, um, to be, you know, kind of, speak to the big tree that we got married under. And it's it's a really beautiful piece. I'm all about getting a ketubah that you want to frame and actually have in your house because you can get ketubahs that are so beautiful and just pieces of art. So that's what we did. We got one that we, you know, got it framed, professionally framed and we have it in our house. And can you share with our listeners like the actual definition? I mean, I can define it, but I I think you probably know the definition better than me. So, <laughs> oh, of the ketubah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a marriage contract, right? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, that's how I would define it. And really, when you sign the contract, which is done before the ceremony, that kind of defines you as being married, from what I understand. So that's my understanding too. It's yeah. um like you're agreeing to enter into the marriage and um they're really pretty. I love yeah. them. I uh, that's another thing that I think everyone should get um because it's kind of I mean it's like your marriage license but it's pretty beautiful. it's like a piece <laughs> of art. You know what right. I mean? Like and it's just it's like it's signed by someone special in your family. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a big ceremony associated with signing the ketubah that's like the most important people in your family. Some of them get super big. Did you have a, a big gathering for the signing of the ketubah? So the funny thing about my family is I have a blended family. So I'm one, I have 10 siblings. Oh, um, Yeah. One unfortunately passed away um, about a year ago, but 
I have a large blended family. So all of them were part of that ceremony indoors. So it was really just my, you know, immediate family. And then also, um, obviously my husband's immediate family, but he has a, you know, a sister (laughs) and parents. So my family's much bigger than that. Um, but yeah, it was just my immediate family, our immediate families. That's a big immediate family. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I, I'm one of four. Those are my bloods. We like to call each other the bloods. And then I have two step-siblings from my mom's remarriage, two step-siblings from my dad's remarriage, and then my dad and my stepmom had three kids together. So what is that, 11 of us? So a lot. Yeah, I was actually doing – I was quietly thinking to myself, I cannot imagine birthing 10 children, and I was hoping it wasn't all your mom. (laughs) No, it wasn't, no. But the thing is – I say blended, but all of them feel like my brothers and sisters. You know, there's no feeling of like, oh, this is a step or this is a half. Like we're all brothers and sisters. That's what it feels like. I love that. And I actually can tell that in the way that you talk about them. Um, So I think that's really cool. Family is super important. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you all are super close. So how did you choose your wedding vendors? Did you do your own flowers? So my so we found the wedding venue first and the barn was actually not even constructed when we booked it. We were hoping and assuming that the the um, barn would be ready by the time our wedding was. So we were one of the first weddings. I want to say we were maybe the third wedding in the barn. So it was really kind of making a jump. Um, And the fun fact is actually my brother then got married in the barn a couple years after. And the price was like double what we paid, of course, because I would expect that, you know, there is a demand for wedding venues um, in around my hometown. So we found the venue first. And then my mother-in-law really pushed us to get a wedding planner. And I was definitely hesitant and maybe a little bit resistant, but then realized that it really made the most sense because I didn't have the bandwidth to really plan a wedding since I was starting my PhD program. And so my wedding um, planner really then found a lot of the other um, vendors. The, um, what was I going to say? I just lost it. But there was one vendor that we found ahead of time before. Oh, sorry, the flowers. My mom did the flowers. Aw. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And everyone. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, everyone always said, oh my gosh, I bet you had the most elaborate flowers. I said, no, actually, it killed my mom because I wanted things so simple and minimal. And even um, the mothers did not have corsages and the fathers didn't have boots. Like we didn't even do boots and corsages. I didn't have a wedding party. Um, We had it very simple in that sense because I have such a large family to create a wedding party seemed unfair, Um, you know, because I didn't want to exclude anybody. Uh, But yeah. And also my husband is actually very allergic to flowers. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he's pretty allergic. So he was able to wear a boot for the ceremony and then he took it off. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. How ironic is that? Yeah. We never have flowers in the house. We really don't. I have greens because he can handle greens, but that's about the extent of it. Wow. (laughs) 
Yeah. Are you, I wonder if you're the only florist in the world who, I mean, you can't be the only one, but that seems so uncommon. How crazy. I know, I know, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So <laughs> I love it. And I love that you still chose to do the flower truck and make yourself happy and that your husband was so supportive of it, even though he has allergies. <laughs> I know. And I mean, it's within a couple, like he's got 30 minutes with that flower on him and then he's done. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I guess he doesn't do deliveries with you. <laughs> no, he does not do deliveries. No. And he's not usually in my studio too much either for that reason. Oh my gosh. How crazy. Oh, I love that he's so supportive of you. <laughs> Um, is there anything that you would change about your wedding? Is there anything I would change? Hmm. You know, the only, the only change was that I really wish we would have thought about the microphone for the rabbi that it worked and there wasn't any interference. It just made the ceremony kind of difficult for people to hear, but that's something that was unexpected. And I don't think we could have planned for that. There wasn't really anything that would have changed. It, everything went really smoothly, and I don't. I wouldn't have done anything different. No, there isn't anything. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, that's great. Well, what was the most important decision you made about your wedding? The most important decision. So I decided. So I. My parents are divorced, and I you know, with divorced parents, there can be a lot of, you know, frustration and maybe difficulties with parents. And I had kind of a relationship with my dad that wasn't always the strongest. And I wanted to make, I wanted him to walk me down the aisle because that was important to me, but I wanted it to feel authentic. And I didn't want to do it and feel like I was doing it because that's what tradition says. So funny fact, I actually started therapy um, because I wanted to actually kind of resolve some of my issues I had with my dad that my dad didn't know about. It was just something within me that I wanted to resolve so that when he did walk me down the aisle, it felt really true and authentic. Um, so I did that. And it, it, was, it was a year of it. And obviously, who isn't in therapy? I'm still in therapy um, because therapy is good for everybody. Yes. And it was the best decision I ever made because um, after my wedding, shortly after he um, was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer and that having gone through therapy and kind of working through my issues, I was able to really have a really wonderful connection with him up until he died. Um, I actually, he got to a point and this might be too much, but I like to talk about it because I think it's important to normalize it. He actually got to a point where he didn't want visitors. So I wrote him a letter every day for several months that he could read with my little sister. And um, that was the way I stayed connected with him. And I don't think I would have been able to do that if I had not kind of resolved some of my issues I had with my dad um, prior to my wedding. That's great. I love that you did that. I, it's so important. Mental health is so, so important. Um especially right now, but always. And um, letter writing is also 
a really special thing right now to help mm-hmm. connect with people. It's really important to stay connected in general. Um, so I love that you did that. That's really special. Um, that actually makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> I just think that people really need to use these life experiences to also kind of process their own lived experiences that maybe they've not wanted to confront. And the stuff with my dad, again, this is not something he knew about. These were all my own issues that I had to resolve, you know, feelings of many kids feel, you know, abandoned when their parents leave, when they get divorced. And that was a lot of it. I felt a lot of abandonment that, you know, he didn't abandon me. He, you know, he fell in love with somebody else and, you know, he was able to start a family with her as well. Um, And those are just things I needed to kind of work through. And I'm so glad I did because like I said, it really allowed me to have a really authentic wedding experience where him walking down the aisle really meant something um, because it felt real. And it didn't feel like it was some kind of, oh, I'm just doing this for tradition or I'm just doing this because people want me to do it. I did it because I wanted to do it. That's really important. And I'm, I'm really glad you shared all of that with us. Um, what advice would you offer other than therapy <laughs> uh, to couples on their wedding days? or planning their weddings? I often say to couples that things are probably going to go awry on the day of your wedding. And the reality is no one knows what you had planned. So if you have to make some changes in the moment, some things maybe don't go the way you had thought, most of the people coming to your wedding are not going to know that because they don't know what you had in your head. They don't know what your original vision was. So to not worry about that so much. Um, I also encourage couples to really try and make sure that, you know, the day before and the day of their wedding, that they're just being pampered, that they aren't having to focus on really anything. And if they can delegate those kind of decisions to somebody else, maybe they have some kind of attendant that can do the day of work, or, you know, or maybe it's something they can, if they can afford to actually have like a day of coordinator, that it'll just allow them to be a part of the moment and not be stressing so much because things are going to come up the day of your wedding. That's really important. Um, we, that's also something that we encourage people to do. And for Photos from the Hardy, we always, um, recommend having a designated person that's going to be with or around each of the, um, each, you know, the bride or the groom or the bride and bride and groom and groom, just because it makes the day so much easier. And like, it's a day that you should be happy. You're celebrating love. Um, and, and I, yeah, so that's super important. And that was extremely well put. That was really cool. Well, thank you so much, Allie. This has been super fun. I can't wait to get to a time when we get to see your flower truck in person. Yes, I know. I can't wait to have it back out again. And the one thing about the truck is you can see on my Instagram page that it's very small. I'm actually taller than my truck, but people are just so shocked when they see it. They say, oh my gosh, it's so much smaller than in the picture. I said, I know. It's it's very jarring when you see it because it's so tiny. We have a, a post scheduled on our Instagram of you standing next to the truck. So I think that goes live later this week. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, and let's just shout out your um, your website is blueribbonfloral.com um, and or check her out on her Instagram at blueribbonfloral. Yes. And thank you so much to everyone for tuning into The Wedding Dish, the podcast about all things wedding and business. little mix in there too. Brought to you over full service radio, usually at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C., but we are sheltering in place and staying safe. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Wedding Dish on your preferred podcast listening platform and follow us on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And like us on Facebook. We'll catch you all next season. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.